DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When you get the carpets cleaned, it's never just clean. It's Zero Res clean. Don't have it any other way. Just $33 per room clean, plus a fourth room free. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today by calling them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online by searching for Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. The question of the day. Pac-12 Media Day. Pac-12 preseason football poll will come out today. Where should the Utes be picked? Brent believes second in the South. Austin says second or third. Kevin congratulates us on a good question. Thank you, Kevin. I can sense your sarcasm. At least I think I can. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Craig and Nick with both of the very specific answer, third in the South and fourth overall. I think they're going to be two. New quarterback, new running backs transferring in, couple receivers transferring out. Okay, tight end, there's confidence. But beyond tight end, there's a lot of question marks about the Utes, the skill positions, and how this is all going to fit together. The strength of their defense, the strength of the program in past years, the continuity in the coaching staff, I think they're going to be picked second. USC's got their quarterback back. USC's been recruiting better. USC brings in impact freshmen. USC's going to default to the top spot. And I think Utah will be second. ASU third, and the votes and the numbers will probably be close because there will be a lot of people who put ASU second. But... For some people, it probably depends on when they actually did the ballot and turned it in. But with the news breaking that Arizona State, tight end coach is on administrative leave, there's plenty of speculation about other coaches. And you, know, you start losing your coordinators or head coach if anything happens midseason. Just how unsure everything can be. I think people are just going to default to ASU at third. Have they got the talent to win it all? Yes. I always say that this one, two, three, four, five, six, it just feels arbitrary and neat. And then you look at the standings at the end of the year, and they are never neat. There are people tied. There are three or four teams separated by one game. So lots of stuff can happen here. I think the break is either after three or four. Is UCLA going to go with the bottom of the league? There's no expectations for Arizona. They're going to be pick sixth. Whatever they do, there's no expectations for. Start slow, rebuild. You get what you get. Colorado's going to be five and UCLA's going to be four. I have read some things that there are people who think Chip Kelly finally has his guys. He built the roster he wants, and they're going to deliver. Now, there are plenty of people thinking Chip's never going to get it going. The college football has changed since he dominated Oregon. He doesn't have some of the (coughs) advantages that he had at Oregon. Recruiting, people doing the dirty work. But he also doesn't have the schematic advantages. The stuff he was doing that was cutting edge then isn't cutting edge anymore. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of debate about how good they will or won't be. But they've got guys who've been in the program now for a while. So... Last year was a weird year, but UCLA went three and four. And now to go at least two and one this year. 
Uh, they're playing LSU, so, okay. But Hawaii and Fresno. Go 2-1 and one in the non-conference, jump into the league. They ought to get the bowl eligibility, so pick them fourth. If you're a Ute fan and you're Matt Murback, who just tweeted at us, they're going to be picked first in the South. It's possible. I don't think there's much... I don't think there's much uh, separation between USC, Arizona State, and Utah right now. They all have questions. Now when we get to the end of the year, somebody can win the division by two or three games. Injuries matter. Things start falling apart early. Teams can fall. We've seen that. One or two big losses are in the year. Seasons can, uh, can unravel. But as they sit here right now, it doesn't seem obvious that that's going to happen. It may well play out that way, but it doesn't seem obvious. So ASU, Utah, USC, you're thinking, yes, we've got our team. We're going to win the division. This is our year. Yeah, you can believe going in. Absolutely. I don't think they're going to be picked there. It was USC playing in the conference title game and they got their, they got their quarterback back. It's going to be USC again. Sun Devil and you fans can just hope that that coaching staff stumbles all over itself. USC fans are so bitter with that coaching staff right now. Even one loss. They're going to spend the first half of the season waiting for one loss. They will not get their hopes up unless they get halfway through the season undefeated. It's just, they, they want to change. They, USC, they want their glamour. And they don't think Clay Helton's going to get it done. They got a schedule to get it done. They're going to be favored out of the gate against San Jose State, Stanford, Washington State, Oregon State. Should be 4-0 going to Colorado, which means they ought to be 5-0 when they come to Utah. Excuse me, when Utah goes to USC, it's down there in L.A. this year. October 9th. I know, last year just doesn't register. And I get why they're doing it. Just stay with the alternate every year, and you win some, you lose some, and blah, blah, blah. 2020 was just... I know, but I forgot they were here. It's like, you're used to that. Remember that night at USC, and it was packed, and it was crazy, and it was... No, it wasn't any of those things. It was weird. It was just weird. But the Utes get them two weeks before they go to Notre Dame. Conference gave them a bye week for Notre Dame. Is the conference scheduling differently this year? I like it. Said that. Set, the t- set some teams up to have some success and make a national impact. Stop making teams play on the road on Saturday and on the road on Friday. Just make stuff a little harder. What are you doing? Give them a bye before Notre Dame. Get them healthy. Get them geared up for the trip back there. Notre Dame's turned into a, a second tier. The top tier is Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. The next tier is Notre Dame. Oklahoma, Georgia. Teams that go to the playoffs and lose in the semifinals. But Notre Dame's a top 10 program now. Not quite the elite speed, but everything else. So set USC up. Pac-12 is at best third tier. Captain Cody tweets at us, Utah should be picked last. Captain Cody, you're just being mean. It says St. George on his handle here, so I'm going to give everyone in southern Utah a pass. That looked like a brutal day yesterday. There was a lot of rain. There was a lot of flooding. 
Captain Cody, I'm then singing you're in a bad mood. You're not being picked last behind Arizona. Had a horrific coaching hire. Everything went south. They lost to the rivals 70-7. to They didn't win a game last year. They got a new coach. Arizona's getting picked last. Come on, Captain Cody. You're just trying to just trying to hurt people's feelings. The artist formerly known as Dance Dad says, I'd pick the youth second in the South, but if they're third, it wouldn't surprise me. ASU could be great or could be a dumpster fire. SC should be really good with halfway competent coaching. <laughs> Clay Hilton. Yeah, congratulations, you went 15-0, and but you're a mess and you're just carried by your players. I don't think Clay Helton can win. I mean, congrats on the national championship, but it just means we're stuck with you for a couple more years. We've had Ryan Abraham on, and he's kind of indicated that's what the fan base's mentality is. Yes. At 15-0, I think the SUSC fans could get over themselves. But at 13-0, they'll just be complaining about a probable semifinal blowout. The truth is nobody, not nobody, almost nobody, goes undefeated in the Pac-12. PK's quoted the numbers across the decades. Different coaches, different ADs, different quarterbacks, different Heisman Trophy winners, different schools, different eras, different roles, different postseasons. And the constant is, it's almost impossible to go undefeated through the Pac-12. So they're going to lose a, fi- uh, lose a game. And when you have that kind of doubt built in, everyone goes nuts because you lose one game. The first half of the season stacks up nicely for USC. They do have to play three road games in four weeks. At Notre Dame, home to Arizona, at ASU, at Cal. Now, you don't think they should lose those games, but PK's famous for saying there's always a head-scratcher. College kids don't usually travel that well. They got the bye to get ready for Notre Dame, which is great, but then three road games in four weeks. Back-to-back at ASU and Cal. Cal, they've been softened up for you. If you don't get it done, it's a you problem. For Ute fans, it feels like the Pac-12 South will be decided in mid-October. We got the run-up here to the season. Weber State at home at BYU. San Diego State in a neutral field in Carson, California, up in L.A. Probably will be more... At least as many, if not more, Utah fans and San Diego State fans. San Diego State's built a new stadium, so they're playing up there for two years. And last year, there was nobody at game. So we'll see how many people they can get to travel up there, how many people they can bus up there, how many alums in the area will drift over towards the stadium. Then it's into league play with Washington State at home. So Utah, 4-0. USC 5-0 because the Utes have a bye before their trip to USC. The Utes will be favored in each of those first four games. There's no reason the Utes shouldn't be 4-0. And then it's at USC, home to ASU, and at that point, we ought to have a pretty good idea. If the Utes get through that, then the preseason poll that comes out later today that I think will have them at number two, well, they'll, they'll be the lead dog. If they get through that, 6-0, and having beat the top two teams in the South. Breaking news. You got it? It's out. It always comes out early. And they are still an hour and a half in front of the start of me today. Because PK and Jake will ramp it up right from the get-go. 
It's you know obviously an hour time difference, so they take over at 9 a.m. here on the zone and go through the rest of our show and through Scotty and Hans' show, and then I think Scott will be doing the wrapping it up late in the day with uh, with Gordon with Jake gone. Correct. So, All right, USC. Let's unveil it. Start in the north. I'm going to say they picked Oregon number one. Correct. Oregon number one, 30, so then, 38 first place votes. And then Washington division. number two. Washington number two with two first place votes. See, it seems like that shouldn't be 38 to two. It seems like that. That's pretty clear cut. Oregon, 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 Oregon. Now, Oregon's recruiting classes. My gosh. They have just been flooded. But I, I also think that the whole recruiting rankings, everyone's going to be five years behind the curve on this. They're going to catch up. But transfers change everything. The guy's leaving early for the NFL. Change everything. All right, Oregon 38 to 2. Third place, this gets a little dicey here. Historically, it's been Stanford, but Stanford has this been down. A little, a little bit of a I'm gonna, oh, it is. So I shouldn't go Stanford. You shouldn't give me the hint. Should I go Cal then? Cal. All Correct. right. The Golden Bears, number three. Stanford. You know, I think people are looking at that defense, and if they. No, I won't. I'll stop. <laughs> and that's, so Stanford comes in number four. Of course. And then Wazoo, five, and Oregon State, six. Flip those. Oregon oh! State, five, Washington State. So it's like State three six. groups of two. Sure. And I got the first two right, although I thought it would be way closer than that. And then I flipped three and four wrong, and five and six wrong. I mean, you gave me the hint, but let's be honest, I would have gotten that wrong. Now for the fun one. In the South, USC is the top dog. Am I right? Pac-12, this is it. Pac-12 media poll is out, people. Correct. South Division, USC, 27 first place votes, 223 Whoa. points overall. Really? Mm-hmm. And Utah second? Utah second, six first place votes, 183 points. Number three? ASU. With also six first place votes, becoming with 170 points. Yeah, it was close. So close, yeah. I thought it would be. Now, here's an interesting one. Who do you think is number four? I think it's UCLA. Is it going to be Colorado off their success last year? Because I think it should be UCLA. You got it. UCLA, the Bruins, they actually got a first-place vote in all of this. Ah! One Bruin fan with a ballot making a statement. Apparently so. And then bringing up the Colorado rear. five. Nobody there. believes in Colorado. Nobody believes in Carl Durrell. And number six. I guarded Carl Durrell once. <laughs> Arizona coming up, coming up in the rear. Yeah, that, I mean, Arizona 6 was the easiest pick of the whole thing. Good luck, Wildcats. You're going to need it. Cool to have no expectations. And there it is. We also have the all-Pac-12 conference uh, preseason teams that are out as well. But by who my, are the U2 honored? On the first team offense, you have got Nick Ford as offensive lineman. Pretty clear-cut choice there. Second team, Britton Covey was picked as a wide receiver, as well as Sataoa Laumea from the offensive line. Defensively, you have Mika Tafua, defensive lineman, Devin Lloyd, linebacker, both first-team selections. And on the second team, nobody for Utah. So, oh, yeah, nobody, huh? Well, Nick Ford, Britton Covey, wouldn't be surprised if you hear a lot from them this year. Let's see how that plays out this fall. Wouldn't be surprised if you hear a lot from them this year. Just leave that out there. 
All right, you can hit us up with your predictions, where you think the Utes uh, should be, whether you agree with that or not. Uh, there are a couple other things to pass along here. And let me, uh, hold on, I'm going to retweet that for you. So if you want to ponder those preseason polls, Ute fans, I just uh, retweeted it, so go crazy. You can sit there and stare at that. It's, uh, now, it's all over Twitter. So Dan Wetzel, uh, one of the national college football guys, did a, uh, did a podcast. And for all of you wondering what is going to happen with conference realignment and uh, where this is going, he says the Big Ten has little to no appetite for expansion. What is the Big Ten going to do to answer the SEC's move? Does the Big Ten get aggressive and go out there? The problem is that incrementally, there is not much to be done. Everybody's falling behind the SEC. And the moves you make can make the conference bigger, but are they going to bring in more money? Are they going to help you catch the SEC? When the SEC's at in Oklahoma and Texas, there are no brand names like that. They're just going to pull away. They're going to have more money. They're going to pay off coaches who lose and hire away your coach who's either winning or might possibly win. I don't know if Mel Tucker proved anything at Colorado, but he might possibly win, so Michigan State hired him away. The Big Ten can pack can uh, poach Pac-12 coaches. They've got the money. And that ought to stress out Pac-12 fans. It doesn't, though, because Pac-12 fans aren't that hardcore. So it stresses out a few of the hardcores. But a lot of people are, "Uh, uh, that wasn't good. Oh, well. The worst-case scenario for Ute fans is that the, and there are media members throwing this out there, that the Big Ten ought to poach the top of the Pac-12, and not the top of the standings, but the biggest markets, the biggest brand names. USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. Or take six teams and take Stanford and Cal. All research institutions, all huge TV markets. Not necessarily the biggest fan bases, looking at you, Stanford. But a lot of prestige with the name. Former Western Division and go nuts. Dan Witzel says, and I think this is the way to go, that that's not going to happen. You end up with a far-flung league. Are you really one league? Are you setting yourselves to break up down the road? What about, and talked to somebody yesterday who thought this was the way to go, what about a scheduling agreement? And Wetzel says that that's already being discussed. Reviving the schedule agreement with the Pac-12, set up a bunch of games, enhance your TV contract, give the network something that will make them more money. We're so used to looking at one area. And it's like, I think it's like a mine. Like this, this, this line of gold or silver, or this has been played out, we're done, as far as adding a bigger market. There are other ways to make your TV contract more valuable, to bring in more money. One of them is play better games. SEC toyed with it last year, and we all loved it. 
They played 10 conference games. It was a one-off. It was a pandemic. They didn't want their teams traveling all over the country. Wait, SEC teams never travel all over the country. That's hilarious. They want to control testing, make sure everything is like-minded, yada, yada. And they had to provide TV networks with good games. And they weren't sure other leagues were playing or when they were playing. So the easiest thing to do was to just provide them with good SEC games and play a 10-game schedule and get your payday. And they did it. And they got paid. Create more good games. If you're going to get to the playoff, you probably need to go to eight-game conference schedules. And that sucks. But the Pac-12, by requiring teams to play two Power 5 games, preferably against the Big Ten, can really enhance their TV deal. More good games. There are schools that aren't coming close to that. Arizona doesn't come close to that. ASU and Utah, kind of flirt with it. ASU's had some big games. ASU scheduled Notre Dame. Other schedules haven't been as tough. You know, Utah plays BYU, so if BYU is good, then that game looks good on TV. If BYU isn't good, then who did the Utes play? You know, BYU had their 3-9 their, their and nine season. If BYU's got a 3-4 or four win team and they bottom out, the Utes' schedule is super soft. And they're already playing inside their own market. I mean, you might go play someone from the Big Ten who might have a down year. Well, BYU did it, right? They went and played Michigan State, and Michigan State was 3-9. and nine. But you play them early in the year, nobody knows it's a down year yet. And you're delivering huge TV markets. And you make the Pac-12 TV contract more valuable, you're putting big, big Ten teams in, that, uh, in the later slots. Spreading them out all day long. So from what Wetzel is saying, it's already going this way. I think there are people who want it to go that way in the Pac-12. I was told there was a little fear. What happened in the Pac-12, or excuse me, what happened in the Big 12 can happen in other leagues. It happened to the Big East. It happened to the Big 12. The Pac-12 could get raided. Geography is a bit of an impediment. But it could be overcome. So get aggressive with the other stuff and keep the 12 together. And this is where it drives people nuts at times. You know, it's first and foremost an academic endeavor. And these are all research institutions. And we're like-minded. And we'll stay. So to a degree, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 can look at this SEC expansion. And they can say, well, we're not like the SEC. We do things differently. And take pride in it. From the campus leadership to the faculty to the athletic department, everybody can get on that page. Now, it may frustrate the fans who want this to turn into something semi-professional, which I think we're all already pretty well on the way to something semi-professional. They're just not hitting the gas as fast as the SEC. There was a time when it was outrageous the SEC was paying coaches 3 and $4 million. Well, now the Pac-12 is paying coaches 3 and $4 million. But the SEC is paying coaches 6 7 8 9 is Nick getting to 10? If he isn't, he will. So don't pretend like you're all that different than the SEC. You're just up the track a little bit from the SEC. They're the lead dog. And if you're not the lead dog, then the view never changes. I'll let you play out that analogy, that metaphor, that simile, whatever it is, on your own. 
But view the Iditarod, people. If you're not the lead dog, the view never changes. And the SEC is the lead dog. But this is where the Big Ten and the Pac-12 can say, we do things different. And we're going to do the scheduling agreement, and we're going to have 10 rock-solid games. And the Pac-12, which not as many people live in this part of the country, we are going to play mostly Big Ten, not everybody, mostly Big Ten teams. Utah's got their games with Florida and Arkansas already set, and they'll play those. And obviously, USC and Stanford want to keep playing Notre Dame. But there'll be a lot of games all across the Big Ten with the Pac-12. That needs to be the deal cut going forward. And then you need to make the TV networks bid on it so you get every last dollar out of it. Say, this is what we're going to provide. What's it worth to you? And you got competition now. And that should help the Pac-12. CBS, Fox, and then an ABC-ESPN combo, you got three bidders. And we'll get to this next. The craziest thing I was told yesterday, well, I don't know if it's crazy. It was the most outside-the-box thing that I hadn't really considered. Um, I was told this is what the Pac-12 should do. And they should do it because they have to be aggressive in every way possible that keeps the league together. Because for the teams that are going to be left behind, and nobody's sure who that is, because they don't know if four, six, eight, how would this work out? There are all kinds of things thrown out. You start brainstorming. And there are no bad ideas. Tell me what you hear when you hear a lot of ideas. And I'll tell you some of the ideas I've, I've heard and the reaction to some of them. And we'll do that next. Stay with us. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.